All right, so this will be the fifth video in the capital market series uh, discussing splits. So let's take a look at splits. We'll start with the least divisive of the two, right? So we'll do the forward splits. Now, forward split is if you have a $5 price per share and you uh, do a forward split uh, on one to five, now you're trading at a dollar, you've lowered the price per share. Why does the company do this? There's, there can be many reasons. Primarily, it's going to be to entice or bring in new share uh, shareholders, new investors, to buy in, it makes it more attainable, it's less expensive. I know at $5 a share may not seem that way, but now you're talking about companies that might be trading in the hundreds of dollars per share. They want to lower it and let uh, some people buy it. And it also increases market liquidity, uh, and this can be leveraged. This is a very valuable tool. It can be very powerful for companies to do so. So that, there's that. Now, as far as reverse split, this is um, an interesting tool, uh, you know, an interesting subject as well because I've gotten a lot of phone calls on this over the years and even had quite a few shareholders upset with me because I refused to do one. Uh, and then of course, subsequently everyone says I, I hate reverse splits. That, that's not accurate. I, and I've said many times previously, my issue with them is that they are a widely misused tool by companies that have less than honorable intentions. We'll put it that way. So let's go through an example of what a, uh, how a reverse split works because there's a lot of misinformation out there. And then we'll uh, talk about a few, um, a few items that will we'll, uh, reference this particular example. So let's say if a company has an authorized share count of 100 million shares, uh, they've got 50 million uh, outstanding. This, this will contain the float. So, so you have the outstanding shares is the issued and out shares. This can contain uh, the shares that have been issued that are still have a legend on them or a restriction. We discussed this in the previous video. And then, of course, the, the float, which is what's actively being traded uh, every day. Let's say this company is um, trading at $5 a share. They have, again, 50 million shares in the outstanding. So they're 50% uh, issued at $5. They're $250 million uh, company or a simplified uh, market cap of $250 million. Let's say they're rolling 30-day is a million shares a day at $5. So they're trading $5 million uh, worth of volume a day. So those are dollars traded uh, daily. And this particular company decides to do, for whatever reason, they'd want to do a, a 10 to one reverse split. So now that brings that $5 price per share to $50, right? So $50 price per share, but it also is going to reduce, not the authorized, the authorized remains unaffected. This is important to remember, okay? authorized, separate. Outstanding share count is going to be reduced uh, from 50 million to 5 million. That's a big reduction, right? So the average 30 day is going to be estimated at 100,000 shares a day, or again, the same as before, uh, 5 million shares a day. Th that's not a great way to estimate what it's going to be post-reverse. There are many factors that go into market liquidity post-reverse. You most likely, you could potentially see an increase because they're it's viewed negatively and there's, there's a sell-off. So volume will increase. That's not necessarily a great thing, right? And then you'll see a drop-off on the amount of trading. These are all factors to consider when deciding whether or not to do a reverse split. So now that we have this company, uh, let's take a look at a shareholder that has got 1,000 shares before the reverse split. So it's 1,000 shares, $5 a share. He's at 5,000 shares. I'm sorry, $5,000 worth of shares or $5,000 in equity in the company. Uh, post-reverse or after the reverse split of 10 to 1, he still has $5,000 in stock, but he only has 100 shares. Is that good or bad? There's no net change to your account, so it's irrelevant. 
I know we can, well, if I still had my, uh, you know, thousand shares, it'd be worth even more now because it's at 50, now I have $50,000. That's, that, I never understood why people look at it that way. That's not realistic. That's not going to happen. At some point, if that was to happen across the board with thousands of shareholders, you're exceeding the market cap of the company or even the authorized. So how does that work? I don't, it's, it's odd to me when that keeps getting brought up uh, as, as a, a reason it's bad. There's so many reasons that it could be bad. That's not one of them. That's kind of fantasy land in my mind. So, so the result of a reverse split is what? No net change to a shareholder's account. Nothing changes. You still have the same dollar amount. SEC wouldn't allow it if, if that, if that uh, did change that. So that's one way to look at that, okay? The other thing is there's going to be a tighter flow now, which can be good or bad, right? If it's really, really tight, smaller movements or smaller trades can actually move it more depending on the structure of that float. We're not going to get into that. That's much more complicated. And I, again, I've said this every video. I'm going to say it again. This is a very fundamental, basic, rudimentary approach to defining these issues as they pertain to the capital markets. And then, of course, they have a higher price per share. Those are the results of that. So let's take a look at reverse splits in, in kind of more of a pragmatic, but also a positive way. If you're going to do a reverse split as a company, there should be an objective defined and there should be a target you're going for. The target cannot be, I just want a higher price per share. That it's not, it's not sustainable. You have to have a reason. So should it, should it be done? How should a reverse split be done? My attitude towards a reverse split is, if you have to make that much of a change or a material change to your company structure, you should do it all at once. You should not have to do three or four reverse splits. So if you're going to do a reverse split, in this case, 10 to 1, and you have 100 million shares that are not affected by a reverse split, because that's where the issue comes in, right? Why are you not decreasing your authorized if you, have, if you say you don't have the intention of doing a mass issuance, which is where this matter dilution comes in? So a reverse split does not equal dilution. A reverse split is not negative all by itself. It's what a company does afterwards that's a problem. Most of the time, it's a problem, just to be clear. So I would recommend that this company, for whatever reason, they need a $50, $50 price per share. They must have a reason to want to issue or, or raise capital. So there must be a block of stock for that. It cannot exceed the existing authorized. So the authorized should be de decreased depending on what their objective, how are they define that objective. So we can't tell them they should go to 75 million shares or 50 million shares. But whatever, whatever that percentage needs to be, it should be executed at the same time, is, is my point. And I think that's important to understand. So what is, uh, what percentage should a company reduce the authorized? That's anyone's guess. I know everybody talks about 1%. I don't know how you can come up with that number. It's, it's random. It's pulled out of thin air. It's not exactly accurate. You have no idea. Uh, every company is different, especially with their authorized and their share structure. So I, I can't. I, I don't support that answer of 1% because that's something that's been thrown around uh, quite a bit. And it should be done, a reverse split should, like I said, should have an objective, but it, it should be done with a very specific purpose on, on repositioning the company for a reason other than price per share. You have to be able to support that. Um, and of course, no mass issuance after, because that is dilution. I, I know a lot of companies try to spin it, but it's dilution nonetheless. So 
the other thing is there's this myth out of here that the convert we gotta look at the convertibles. That's already baked in. That's not gonna affect a reverse split in any way. Typically speaking, there are exceptions. You may have uh, convertibles uh, with amendments and guidelines post-reverse. That needs to be taken into consideration, obviously. But typically speaking, it's already baked in. There's this idea of a reverse split versus a normal split. Normal split being a forward split. Let me, let me just be very clear. There is no such thing as normal split. Anytime you affect the structure of the company, you are interfering with the organic existence of that share, of that stock. So whatever you're doing, you're making a change. You're interfering with the organic nature of the stock. Is that good or bad? Well, it just depends on what you do with it. So there's no, there's just no hard, fast rule. If you go on these chat rooms and message boards, reverse splits are the end of the world. That's, that's not accurate. It depends on what you do with it. Um, and again, this is why I've said many times, I'm not against them and I don't hate them. I'm just very reticent to uh, jump on the bandwagon without a purpose. So again, this is something I would consider. I'm not completely against them. I just think they're widely abused. And just my opinion, I know it's upset a lot of people that you know, for the past two years plus, I've refused to do a reverse split. Uh, and I feel there's good reason. If you're gonna do a reverse split, it shouldn't be just to maintain eligibility on an exchange or to, or to um, in a way, temporarily bolster a share price, unless, there's a reason to do so. So an example would be a company is bringing in funding. They've been going through a development phase. Uh, investor confidence has kind of fallen off, but they're right at the uh, precipice, if you will, of announcing capital funding of, of this technology, whatever it is, is finally working and they have some contracts. Then it's okay to, to restructure so that you can buy, the company can buy itself time and also the shareholders some time to maintain its eligibility before it makes that announcement. I, I think that's a valuable or valid use of that particular tool. Unfortunately, it's not always used that way. And I'm speaking specifically to OTC because we're on OTC. I'm not picking on OTC. I'm just, or OTC chief executives on OTC companies. I'm just saying that in OTC, because we're on OTC, I've seen it widely uh, misused. I'm sure that is the case in, in other exchanges as well, but I'm speaking specifically to our exchange. So let's still go over some of these myths. You know, myth number one, the most popular reverse split's bad. That's not true. We've just gone over several examples as to why a reverse split is, is nothing more than restructuring the share structure of the company, the cap structure of the company. It's what you do afterwards. So if you reverse split a company and then do a massive issuance, you just diluted everyone. That, that doesn't help shareholders. If a reverse split unto itself hurt shareholders, the SEC wouldn't allow it. It's a specific tool for a specific reason specific reasons there's several reasons you could do it and that's something that we should all consider uh dilution reverse split equals dilution no a reverse split equals a reverse split it means a restructuring the company dilution happens when uh, a company or its leadership decides that they want to do a mass issuance to raise more money because uh, it's about the money that's a problem that's dilution so it's what a company does after reverse split that's a problem and again you can mitigate the, the, the confusion if you're a company, if, you're, if you have good intentions to say, look, we're going to re we're restructure, we're lowering the authorized. So you're not going to do a massive issuance because you can't. So I think that's, that's fair enough. Uh, as far as um, reverse split, can it indicate something negative? Absolutely. Uh, you know, there's a whole litany of reasons that a reverse split 
reverse splits are bad, and there's many, many, many endless examples of that. So I think that is not a myth. I think that's an accurate uh, statement. A lot of people have called in, or I've spoken over the years, and even recently it was being called for the beginning of the year, uh, and they, they, they reference certain videos. They send me links. I watch these videos. A lot of people on YouTube, I think they have good intentions, but they are looking at it from the point of view of someone who is earning a living trading stock. That's not what I do. My job is to build a solvent company that increases it not only its operations, but its value by increasing its revenues and cash position, and then the share price will follow. That's how I, I, how I view it. I think most uh, administrators should view it that way, and that's how you get a, a company's share price up other than some of these typical shortcuts. And, and then I, I'm, you know, I know it's not always fit or label a shortcut. These tools can be necessary at times. And they can be beneficial to the shareholder. So here's the other thing. Shortcut to maintain listing eligibility. Not always. I think we've covered why. Uh, there's a good example that I just went over. It's not always a shortcut. Sometimes it's necessary and it also protects uh, shareholder interest. Uh, reverse split's always going to equal a drop in price. Not always, but typically yes, because you're going to see uh, the, the, the idea behind a reverse split is often misunderstood because it's poorly communicated, to be quite frank. Companies are reticent and sharing that they're going to do a reverse split. I understand that, uh, but it should be explained afterwards, I would think, so that shareholders understand why you did what you did. But because they don't, usually you'll see a sell-off, share price will drop. Does it mean it's fatal drop-off? No, not, not always. So a couple things I want to cover. I, these requests from shareholders to do reverse splits have become increasingly more frequent. And some of the reasons are a little bizarre uh, in my mind. One, I understand, is you want to uplist quicker. This, you, you, there is no shortcut to uplisting. If I reverse split, because we want to meet the requirements of 2 or $3, those are the listing standard requirements, depending on which standard, uh, 1 through 4, the 4A and B, so it's five standards, three options. If you want to do that, you have to be able to support it. So we're going to reverse split. This is what people want me to do to $3, so we meet the minimum, and now we're, because we have, author, we have an authorized of $1 billion, initiated and out of around a billion, just call it a billion to round up, and now we're a $3 billion company overnight. That's realistic? I, I just don't, I don't think everyone thinks it through, and this is part of why we're doing these video series. You, you, you have to see it from my perspective, and you have to see it from a long-term perspective. If it's just about share price, I promise you, you're wasting your time calling me, and ask me to do things so that there could be a short-term gain financially. That's not what I'm here for. So understand there is no shortcut. You have to have something material to support that, that value. And I know a lot of people, before you send in messages and call in, oh, what about the multiple? You're trading at a multiple. You're not going to trade at a thousand to one multiple. So that's fantasy land. And I'm being very blunt uh, with everyone. You have to have something to support it. You have to have something in the pipeline. You have to have new revenues. You have to have new contracts. You have to have something, uh, new technologies. You have to have an, an indicator, even if it's behind the scenes, that something is going to material change, materially change in the company's operations and revenues slash value that will support a higher valuation. $3 billion, we're not, I don't take those conversations seriously. You know, one day we'll get there. It's not happening in the next couple of months. 
This other idea, this is twofold. Alex, I need you, we need to do a reverse split. We need to reverse these shareholders out. It can't be done. I don't know why this, this myth persists. You cannot reverse a shareholder to zero. Anyone who tells you that, they don't know what they're talking about. It's not, it's not accurate. Now, the SEC would not allow a company to take in money and then tell everybody to go fly a kite. That's what you're doing. It does, it's not allowed. Can you reduce people's holdings with a severe enough uh, reverse? Yeah, you can, you, can affect, you can affect that. Reversing people out, the statement that I keep getting, uh, that keeps getting made to me, you cannot reverse a shareholder out. I'm not, we're going to be dead horse on that one. <clears throat> now, here's the other one. Getting a lot of this. I need, we need to do a reverse split so we can get rid of all the day traders and flippers. Day traders, flippers, people who are trading in and out of the market all day. That's a terrible attitude. I'll be honest with you. I don't support that. In order to have market liquidity, you have to have people in and out of the market every day. Those are day traders. Why anyone is viewing them as bad, I, I don't know. I, I understand they're not in they're not in, in keeping with whatever ethos you may have as a, a trader who's holding long, but we need them. So no, we don't want without market liquidity and trading every day, we would not be able to sell you would not be able to sell any share. We're all shareholders here. The type of shareholder should be irrelevant, whether you're in and out several times a day, several times a month, or once once or twice a year should be irrelevant. So we're not we're not reversing anyone out because it can't be done. And we're not looking to get rid of people because we don't agree with them or their strategy. That, that's inappropriate and it's not something that I'm gonna support in any way. So it's a waste of time to call me on that. <clears throat> now, why haven't I done a reverse split? I think I've gone over this a couple of times in the past. I'll, I'll do it again because it's pertinent to this particular video. It just hasn't been appropriate to do so. We haven't we haven't been able to warn or reverse split to support whatever the end result would be, whatever that market that new market cap would be. So why would I do that just to watch the share price fall? Just common sense. I, think. <clears throat> I also do think it's an abuse tool, but I, I think if you're going to do that, there's a way to do it. There are conditions under which I would consider that. It's not something we haven't discussed here. It's been brought up to me many, many times over the years. Obviously, for those of you who've been around for many years, you, you know I've declined to execute on that. Again, not that I hate them, not that I think they're evil, but the right tool for the right job at the right time, right? So you're going to do a reverse split. You should explain to the shareholders why you've done it, what the goal is, what the plan is, and you should back that up with action. So you should, you know, reduce the authorized, announce whatever contracts you have, uh, your projections on what you think you're going to do, whatever your news is, uh, and so forth. That's the way to honestly uh, do it, <clears throat> something you rarely see. Now, is it good to buy you know, strategy? I'm not going to give you financial advice. Uh, is, it, is it good to buy before or after reverse split? I, I think it's immaterial if you're looking at the price metric. If you're looking at how it's going to trade, then that's got to be a decision up to you on what you think is going to happen. That's not, that's not a question I really can answer. I have my own strategy if I was trading, and I think many people understand how I feel uh, about that. Same thing with forward splits. Does it hurt you in any way? I can't, I, I can't see how a forward split would hurt you to buy before or after. Uh, I think after makes the most sense only because it's probably more attainable for you to do so. It's the whole reason that many uh, companies do that. So 
it again almost immaterial it depends on the individual and what their goals are okay so that'll be it for uh, reverse split the next one is going to be on some of the outstanding share issues a float is a higher float or a lower float better these are all things i've got outlined we're going to go into that uh, again no no particular trading strategy i want to cover these um basic or these fundamentals and they're all building off of the previous video so please it, it, it does help you to watch them in order i would also ask uh, to to like and subscribe as well as share these videos so we get this information out to all the shareholders uh, we the the views are running a couple hundred views per uh, video we have 3,000 shareholders we're getting a lot of the same questions over and over because people are either on watching videos they're not reading social media or the social media posts or the responses to people's questions so the more we share this stuff the more we get our fellow shareholders educated and that is the whole reason we're doing this is to get everyone caught up so they're getting fair accurate unbiased information on some of the fundamentals opinions i leave to everyone else you know feel free to 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 weigh in any opinion you might have on your on those blogs or chat rooms but this should be a resource for shareholders to go to to get unbiased information on how things work so i'm going to cut it off now i know it's been a long video uh, this is a, one of the leading topics that i get contacted on along with a few others we've, we've covered previously so i will talk to you next video we'll have another video thursday we just had some news out we should have some more news this week and then friday i think i'm going to do a wrap up that's going to discuss a few things as far as our news just so things are clear uh, i haven't made a determination on that you know definitively but i i will let you know later in the week. So hope everybody has a great week and I look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you.